so grateful that you are here worshiping with us. Come on and let's worship as a family today. Sing it loud. Silence is the enemy. Let praise be a weapon that conquers all anxiety. Let it rise. Let praise arise. We sing your name in the dark and it changes everything. We sing with all we are and claim your victory. Let it Break down every wall We'll watch the giants fall Fear did not survive when we praise you The God of breakthroughs on our side Forever lift him high With all creation cry God we praise you song that calms the storm inside of me. Let it rise. Let faith arise. We'll see you break down every wall. We'll watch the giants fall. Fear cannot survive when we praise you. The God of breakthroughs on our side.
gather here, trusting that we are in God's presence. We invite him to come into our lives and our church like never before. We pray for the courage and the faith to walk through the doors that he opens in our lives, the doors that lead to breakthroughs. Welcome to Passion Community Church. I'm Mark Tapscott, the online campus pastor of PCC. Thanks for being with us today. Now, if you're new here, then we'd love to reach out with an email and thank you individually for spending an hour with us. And we're here to answer your questions and to pray for you and help you figure out what's next. So take a minute and submit a welcome card. And you can do that on our website or just click the link in the chat. You know, we love Sundays around here. In fact, we love Sunday so much that we wish it came around more often. So this year, we're going beyond Sundays with an experiment called Fourth Wednesdays. Now, once a month, 
our whole church, not just this campus, but our whole entire church, will gather at one of our physical campuses on a Wednesday night. We'll sing, we'll hear from one of our pastors, we'll get another chance to be together. Families will worship together, and we'll have crafts and coloring for the kids to do in their seats. Now, our first fourth Wednesday is this week at our Powhatan campus, and we hope to see you there. Now, you know, our online campus is a great place to see our weekly Sunday service, whether you watch it live with us on Sunday morning or you watch an encore broadcast during the week. But did you know that our Nottaway campus has an online service every Thursday night? That's the service from the previous Sunday, and it's the same service that the attendees inside of Nottaway watch on Thursday nights. That way, the family and friends of the inmates can watch the same service together at the exact same time. Now, we often hear that when the family gets to visit and talk together, they share their church experiences with each other. Now, we have some availability on our online campus Dream Team for chat hosts for those Thursday night services. Now, if you'd like to volunteer to help with that service or any of our online services, just let me know. You can email me or fill out a welcome card and let me know that you'd like to help out or learn more about what we need. I'd love to hear from you. Now, last year, we offered an event for women like any, unlike anything that we've ever done before. It was called For You. And it came about because one woman heard God speak to her, and she had the courage to follow. She shared the vision that God had given her with other ladies at our church, and she formed a potent, a potent team. And what resulted was a half-day conference with worship and teaching and food and event planning, all done by women who lead right here at PCC. 200 women gathered for that event. And from it, 40 women got connected in community groups where they could get real about life and with each other and get real about their faith. And when you give here, you create spaces for people to hear from God and to follow through with his leading in their lives. You create powerful worship and teaching experiences where women laugh and cry and they get to be their whole selves in the presence of God and other women. Now you made that happen last year and it's getting ready to happen again. So thank you for last year, and thank you in advance for what God's getting ready to do in and through our next For You event. Now, the next For You is on March 11th, so check out our events page on our website for all the details. Now, you can be part of that and many of our other events that we offer uh, by safely giving on our website right now. Or you could just click the link in the chat. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you that we have opportunities to gather together uh, here online and in person and uh, on Sundays and even during the week. And so we just uh, give you thanks that we get to uh, come together and worship you today. God, we thank you for the gifts that are being made right now. Uh, God, we thank you that you take what we give and you just uh, multiply it and use it in ways that we can never dream of. So thank you for uh, the gifts that are being given right now. And thank you for what you're going to do at the For You Conference and uh, all the many other events that we're planning for this year. And we can't wait to see what you will do as we are faithful with our gifts. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, let's go back to our service that's already in progress. Lives change. That's just the bottom line. Not because we're awesome and we do all these incredible things, but God works through us. He enables us. And he changes hearts. He just uses us to do it. So I hope that you'll come with us. It's really exciting. And I want to pray to that end right now, if you will let me. God, thank you for today. Thank you for the opportunity to partner with you to help shape the lives of women all over this area. And Lord, uh, to help people in need who need food. God, to give people the time to experience you on Fourth Wednesdays, whatever it is you've got going on around here, God. We're just grateful to be a part of it. Lord, would you use us? Would you multiply what we give, God, for your glory alone? We thank you and we love you. It's your name we pray, amen. All right, if you're able, why don't you stand back up with us? Let's sing some more together. Let's do it.
confess how much I need you I confess that I am weak I can't promise I won't fail you But your promises will not fail When I'm in the valley around me you prepare a table surely goodness and mercy will follow me surely goodness and mercy will follow me there is beauty You don't waste a single day Your presence is my shelter Your presence is my victory surround me what do you, do? you prepare a table surely goodness and mercy will follow me surely goodness and mercy will follow me and I can't see it all but I have seen enough to know Scripture says in Matthew chapter 7, verse 25, that the rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house. But yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. Christ is our rock. He is our firm foundation. No matter what comes our way, when we build our life on him, nothing can shake us. And that's exactly what our next song is about. And it's a new one. So as you learn it with us, sing it louder each time with confidence, knowing that Christ is our firm foundation, the rock on which we stand. Come on and sing it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Christ is my firm foundation, the rock on which I stand. When everything around me is shaking, I've never been more glad that I put my faith in Jesus. Cause he's never let me down. He's faithful through generations. So why would he fail now? He won't. still got joy in chaos I've got peace that makes no sense so I won't be
I want to start today by asking us to do something that we don't normally do around here. We're going to get outside of our comfort zone a little bit today at all of our campuses and wherever you're joining us from right now, even if you're at home, raise your hand if you've ever been in a dangerous situation, a dangerous situation. I see a few. There's a lot of hands on the front row down here. All right. Now, now keep your hands up. Uh, if, if you had your hand up, you were in a dangerous situation. Did you, uh, had you been hoping for something to happen so that you could be in the middle of it? If you're not, you can put your hands down. Far, far less hands are up right now. Maybe no hands. And I can't remember any time in my life where I woke up and said, man, I sure hope I find myself in the middle of danger today. The fact is we're conditioned, we're conditioned to move away from danger, to move away from dangerous situations. Look, even those whose job it is, firemen, law enforcement, medical folks, first responders, military who rush towards dangerous situations, they hope and pray for calm and uneventful days. They don't want anything to happen. They're prepared, but if there's no situation to respond to, great, everyone gets to go home and everyone gets to have another day and that's what we're looking forward to. And look, I wanna just take a moment here and say, I'm, I'm thankful, I'm so thankful. I wanna thank God for all of those folks who I just named whose jobs it is to help us when we're in the middle of something dangerous or something that's challenging in our lives. I really appreciate you because there's, yeah, absolutely, let's do this, wherever you are. Because there's something in you, something in your training that I believe that we can all learn from. We called this series, we call this series Dangerous Prayers because we're, the prayers that we're learning and challenging ourselves to pray are likely to put us into some uncharted territory. It should stretch us outside of ourselves and hopefully like those in our world who run towards danger to help will prepare us to do something truly bold and meaningful to help change the world around us for the glory of God. Last week, Pastor Angie Frame taught us to pray the dangerous prayer. This is the one she taught us, break my heart. Break my heart, God, for what breaks yours. Uh, a dangerous prayer because it's meant to make us aware of all the brokenness around us, to see what God sees as he looks into our lives and the world that he created, to be broken by injustice and sadness and need uh, that is prevalent all around us in our world and in our daily lives. God, break our hearts, as Pastor Angie said, for the harassed and helpless sheep without a shepherd. And today I wanna to teach you another dangerous prayer that I believe will challenge us. It will challenge us to do something about the brokenheartedness that Pastor Angie taught us to pray for. And uh, when we become aware of this, it, it gives us a place to go. The dangerous prayer that we'll learn today was prayed by a little boy a, a couple of thousand years ago. The boy's name was Samuel. He was only 12 years old, around 12 years old uh, by our, our best guess. And Samuel grew up uh, serving a priest named Eli and his family. Now, Eli and his sons had not been faithful to God's commandments. They were sinning. They were taking things for themselves that didn't belong to them, but they belonged to God. People were bringing to sacrifice to God. So you have this, this middle school-aged boy who is a servant and student of Eli, the priest. And in the night, one night, it's quiet. Everything is quiet in the tent there. Everybody's sleeping. And then out of the silence, a voice calls. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call you, go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Now that's peculiar, right? Because I don't know about you, but when I hear somebody audibly call my voice in the middle of the night and, and it, it's loud enough to wake me up, I probably assume it's my wife or somebody in the house. Uh, we've all been there when something's jarred you from your sleep, you're a little bit disoriented. So maybe that's what Samuel was experiencing, but he, he goes and he tries to figure out what's going on. So he asks Eli, but then Eli says, go back to bed. So he goes back to get bed, but then this happens. Again, the Lord called Samuel and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. My son Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now this is twice 
And to state the obvious, Eli has already told him it wasn't him that was talking to him. And maybe Samuel thought he was pulling his leg and kind of giggling under his breath as Samuel went back to bed the first time. That's probably not the case. It was not the case. Samuel was just not clear on whose voice was calling him. He was having a hard time discerning who was speaking to him in the night. And because we have it in the scripture, we know it was God, but Samuel didn't know. And I believe we have similar experiences. And our world is a whole lot noisier than Samuel's was. You might have wrestled with this before. You ask God to speak and then you check in with him. You say, hey, God, is this you speaking to me or is that me? Is that my own thoughts? We kind of wrestle with this. And we shouldn't be surprised by all the things that crowd our lives and kind of push in on us that it's hard. When you think about Samuel, he's this young kid and he is serving God. He's serving the high priest. And he hears the voice of God come down. There's nobody around him. And he even gets confirmation that it's nobody around him that's talking to him, but still he isn't sure. So we're in good company here. Samuel is gonna hear his name called a third time and he goes to Eli again, but this time Eli realizes, Eli realizes that it's God. So Eli tells him, he says, so Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you say, speak Lord for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there calling at, as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And then Samuel said, speak for your servant is listening. Samuel's prayer, speak for your servant is listening. That's our prayer today. This is the prayer for us. Speak to me, God speak to me. And God did speak to Samuel. We'll talk a little more about that and what he said to Samuel in just a bit, but let's hang here for a minute. Have you ever wanted to hear God speak to you out loud? I have. I believe we would all want to hear clearly from God. I've begged for that voice at times. We want to hear from God for all kinds of reasons, right? Uh, like, how about this one? Hey, God, I got a big decision to make down here. If you just tell me what to do, I'll get it done. Looking forward to hearing back from you. Thanks, God. Get back to me soon. God, if only I knew if she was the right one or if he was the right choice, that would be super helpful right now. Drop me a line when you get a chance. Can't wait to hear from you. Or God, I'm in a really tough season right now. It seems like this will never end. Will, God, will this season ever end? Big question mark, God. Get back to me. I know you're busy, but sooner rather than later would be really awesome. Often we wanna hear from God so that he can answer our questions and answer our list. And there's nothing wrong with that. Sending your request to God is what you should do. But there's a key word in Samuel's prayer. It's listening, listening. And here's the thing. You can't listen if you're talking. I've tried, it doesn't work. It's not possible for you to do that. See, prayer is a conversation between us and God. And we have to decide in that conversation that God's voice is the most important voice in the conversation, not ours. So how do we do this? How do we do this? Well, the first thing I think we need to do is this. We have to be prepared to listen, which I think most of us are. We're like, yeah, I'm prepared to listen. Um, I, it's not but about our enthusiasm to hear, though. It's, it really involves our posture. Like, how do we listen? Is if we're rushing through our day, if thoughts are just spinning through our head and we're expecting God to fit into our schedule, that won't work. God's not accountable to our deadlines or our calendar or our plans. He is God, and if we wanna hear from him, we have to realize that we have to make room for his response. We also have to cut down on all the noise that happens in our heads. Think about Samuel for a minute as so we go back. As he prays, God, speak to me. It's quiet. There's no distractions. He's not in a crowd. There's a stillness so that Samuel can discern what God will say to him. And look, the greatest teacher of all time, Jesus, he actually taught us this. In Matthew chapter six, he teaches us to pray this special prayer. We call it the Lord's Prayer. But before that, he tells us how we should pray. And what he says is, don't, uh, don't walk out in the streets and pray out loud like other people do so that you can be seen. Instead, this is what he says. This is what Jesus taught us. He says, when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. In other words, make space. 
Prepare yourself. Find some quiet stillness. Make time. Don't rush. And then, then you'll be prepared to listen for God's voice. And here's the thing. As awesome as it would be to hear that booming voice from heaven, I, I would love to hear this, like a James Earl Jones type voice, you know, like, Simba, you have forgotten me. Something like the Lion King, you know, coming down from heaven. That would be really awesome. It doesn't, it doesn't really work that way. Now, if it does for you, please come see me because I want to hear the story because I'm looking forward to that. I was meeting with a pastor in uh, Alabama one time, this really big church down there, Pastor Chris Hodges, and uh, he had this Q&A session with us, and he's, he was telling us about his daily spiritual practice of spending 45 minutes every morning to hear from God. Like, that, that was his thing. So I asked, because it, it sounded great. I'm like, hey, Pastor Chris, it's 45 minutes. Is that the magic number? Uh, because uh, if that is, I'm going back and telling my church, hey, guys, magic number, Pastor Chris said. He said, sometimes I don't hear from him in 45 minutes at all. Some days I'm at minute 44 saying, God, I, I got some meetings to go to in a couple of minutes and I don't hear from him. He said, but that's not the point of my 45 minutes. I don't think God's gonna speak to me clearly in 45 minutes. I leave that time though prepared to hear him throughout my day is what he said. That time has prepared me to hear from him of what he might have to say. And he says, and sometimes it, it comes in a piece of scripture I'm studying later or reading or, or through another person that I'm having a conversation with, God reveals something in there for me or even a situation where uh, he presents something to me and I start learning and, I, and God says, this is the thing I needed you to see. What he's saying is when we start our day prepared to listen, then we're ready to hear God speak anytime in any way. Okay, so if we're prepared to listen, uh, we put ourselves in a posture of hearing and we're ready to receive instruction from God, we're, we're kind of setting ourselves up to hear from God, then when we do hear from him, we gotta do this. We have to be ready to act. We gotta be ready to act. If we go back to Samuel just for a moment here, Samuel had prayed the prayer, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And God did speak. But what he said to Samuel was extremely important. It was extremely hard. It was a heavy burden to Samuel that he was gonna have to carry. This is what he says to Samuel. And the Lord said to Samuel, see, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. At that time, I will carry out against Eli everything I spoke against his family from beginning to end. Samuel hears that God has plans to make things right. And that means that Eli and his family are about to be removed from their authority because of their indiscretions. And Samuel, Samuel's gonna be the messenger of God's judgment. It's not gonna be good for Eli and his family. It's not gonna go well for them. The next day, Eli wakes up and he seeks out Samuel and he says, you have to tell me what God says. What was it that he said to you, Eli said? Do not hide it from me. May God deal with you, be it ever so severely, if you hide from me anything he told you. This is Eli talking to this boy, Samuel. And I can imagine that Samuel felt like he was between a rock and a hard place here, between the teacher who uh, had mentored him and trained him, who had fed him and taken care of him, put clothes on his back, and, who was, and a God who was speaking to him and instructing him to do something really hard. Samuel had a choice to make in that moment. Was he ready to act? Now that I've heard from God, am I ready to do what he is leading me to do? Samuel does tell Eli what's going to happen, every detail. This boy faces his mentor knowing that it could put him in peril what he's about to say. And his example shows us that if we pray for God to speak to us, that we need to be ready for what he could say. So you can't ask God to speak if you're not ready to act and do what he's gonna tell you to do. Because what he asks you to do may be hard. It probably will be hard and there'll be a cost associated with it. You can look throughout the Bible, you can search and you will not find a time when God challenged somebody with a task or a mission that was easy or it didn't move them from comfort into challenges. Because as followers of Jesus, our following him shouldn't lead us into comfort. 
Following Jesus with everything we are should lead us into challenging times and yes, even dangerous situations sometimes. So if you aren't prepared to act on what God says, then you have to be careful praying this prayer that we're learning today. You ever, 20 years ago, our senior pastor, Brian Hughes, heard a message from God, a message that was exciting, a message that was challenging, an order for him that would come at a high cost, a message to create a church, this church to reach people who didn't go to church, a church at the time that was so different that people around this church, people around us, called it a cult and questioned if it should even be a church. But after coming to know Brian as well as I do, he didn't enter this challenge, not preparing himself to listen to what God was going to say. He had readied himself to act when God spoke to him. 20 years, our church was born out of this mission that God gave Brian, and soon others would hear God's voice calling them too to this mission as well, ready to act. And I know through hearing this story and being part of it, uh, that there was more unknown about where we were going. There was less on the paper about how it would all come together. But here's the thing, it came together. It did because people were faithful to do what God was saying, even if the cost was high. There's another step here. Once you start to move, once you're ready to act, there's this piece of us that has to be ready for what's about to happen. And I think the third piece of this that helps it come together is that we have to be determined to follow through when we get the message from God. We have to be determined that we only wanna do what God is calling us to. That's the way we believe it here. And when we get the message, we're determined then to do whatever it takes to make it happen. The handful of people that started our church 20 years ago were determined to follow through and set the pace for us. For year after year, we've been determined to march forward and pray God speak to us too and for his voice to be the most important voice in our church. Just a few months ago, we launched our Beyond Initiative, another God-sized move in our church. But you may not know this, but almost a year before that, our team started praying to hear where God was leading us to next. And Brian, our senior pastor, he instructed us going into that time of reflection to dispense with our dreams and our plans to quiet our voices and to seek the only one that mattered, God's. And over the course of that year, God spoke and he pruned and he removed stuff from the list and he started opening doors that we hadn't even seen before. And when we arrived at the launch, God helped us to share how he was moving and how he was planning to move our church into the next two years. One of the cornerstones of that was loud and clear message for our church that in order for us to be the church and to move forward, we had to be the church outside the walls of our buildings. We had to go beyond ourselves to do good in ways that we had never considered before. We knew God was telling us that PCC was supposed to be known by all of our communities as the church that helps people around them in tangible ways. What we heard from God would need focus and resources and a movement of just every single person in our church, including you. We knew that we had to do it. And we knew that it would need some focus and somebody on our team that was gonna help us kind of take this next step and for what God wanted us to do next. And many of us joined to commit resources, to make a hire for a position and to fund our do good efforts going into the next few years so that when a need presented itself at any of our campuses, at any of our communities, that we together as a church would mobilize to meet those needs, even identify new needs on how we could be the change in the world around us. For me, it comes with a lot of excitement. God is going to do something amazing here. I've seen him do so many amazing things already. And my story goes back to, you know, almost seven years ago now on a New Year's Eve. I was up late, part of this church, just like you sitting in the seats. And I was praying that night. I wanted to commit myself, my work. I was in a different job then. Every piece of that upcoming year to God. And I prayed for him to speak to me, to give me direction. And I'm just being honest here, I had great plans. 
had all my stuff laid out for the year. I had aspirations and what, I, what was going to happen. And in some way, I was hoping for this like rousing endorsement from God that I was on the right path. But in the early morning hours, in the quiet, as my kids slept and my wife slept, God spoke, planted in my mind a statement. And what he said was, Brian, this year, will you follow me or ask me to keep following you? Will you follow me or will you keep asking me to follow you? And in that moment, I had a decision to make. And although all the details weren't there, there was no blueprint, I decided, God, whatever it's going to take, I'm gonna do whatever it is and wherever, I'm gonna go wherever you might lead me. And in that year, God's voice became prevalent, discernible in so many ways, it became clear that my life was about to change in a big way, and it led to a breakfast with our senior pastor in 2016. He had something that he wanted to ask me. He said, would you leave your job? Would you quit your career, your 20 plus year career, and come be the campus pastor at our Powhatan campus? He wanted to give me some time to think about it, he said. There's an interview, of course, as he looked across the table. But my decision was made on New Year's Eve just over a year earlier. God was calling, I was ready to act, and now determined to follow through with where he was gonna lead me. And it wasn't easy, it really wasn't. But it has been the blessing of my life to serve God in this way at, this, at our Powhatan campus for almost seven years now. And I believe that being the campus pastor here at the Powhatan campus was a destination for me. So I dug in to do what God was calling me to do here, thinking, surely God, this is the move that you had in mind all along. This is the position that I will be in until I can no longer perform the duties. Thank you, God, for the calling of my life. But it doesn't work that way. As we prayed for our Beyond Initiative, God was stirring in me as well. And last year, I knew God was speaking clearly once again about the direction I should take. I was certain that he had a new challenge for me. Again, there was not a lot of details, but I was ready to act and determined to follow through. He was showing me so many people around us who were in need, so many people praying for hope, just something that would change in their life. He was reminding me of my life growing up and the people that had rendered aid to my family when we didn't have food or a place to stay. So I prayed again, Lord, speak to me. So I serve our church today in a new role as the do-good pastor, and all of our campuses are hearing that today here at PCC, and I'm thankful for the trust that God has placed in me and determined to follow through with his plan for our church. I only wanna go where God wants us to go, and I wanna take a second here to, to do something that we don't often do, but our assistant campus pastor, Tony Tamando at the Midlothian campus, has served our church as a do-good director almost for the entire time he's been here at PCC. So can we recognize him for all his hard work over the years? Thank you, Tony. We love you. His friendship, his dedication, his mentorship with me, his dedication to the missions that our church is called to, the places that are called to, has laid down a foundation that will serve us as we continue to grow in that movement. And it's all exciting but it's just a piece of how God is moving and has already taken off in 2023. We've already sent a team this year to the devastation of Hurricane Ian in Florida. Just the day after that team got back, a team left for Belize to meet with a team at Mount Calvary Baptist Church there to solidify our plans for a Christian preschool to serve under-resourced kids there. We launched our Food for Families drive last week at all of our campuses and it's going great. And we've started to lay the groundwork. I'm gonna be traveling over the next couple of weeks, laying the groundwork for impact days to come back to our church really soon. And we're not taking our foot off the gas because going beyond ourselves was the answer when we asked God to speak to us. And we only wanna go where he wants us to go and do what he wants us to do. But look, God just isn't, he isn't just speaking to senior pastor Brian Hughes. He isn't just speaking to Brian Pope. He isn't just speaking to anybody on our staff or in our church. There's no one on our staff who has a more direct line than anybody else here today. God is speaking to you and he wants you to hear him. It starts by preparing yourself to listen, giving yourself time to hear him clearly in whatever way he can get his message to you. 
Look, even if you came here for the first time today, praying this prayer, speak to me, is dangerous, but isn't that why you came today? Isn't that why you're here? Aren't you wondering if all of this is real? Isn't this what you really wanna know? God, are you there? Or can you speak to me? Because what he has to say to you can change everything in your life. Or maybe you're here today and you feel stuck, stalled in your faith journey. What he says can move you again, can put you back on track. If you pray, God, speak to me, it may move you to forgive somebody that you've been withholding that forgiveness from, struggling to forgive so that you can start to live free of that burden that's been holding you back. He can move for you to seek help and to not give up on your marriage and to fight for it. He may show you how you can better serve your spouse and start healing in your relationship today. His words could spark you to go back to school or choose a new career path because you felt pulled in a new direction. You know it, and God is speaking to you. You may not feel qualified to do it, but he will equip you. Maybe it's stepping out to serve in the church or in the community or to lead a small group or to join a small group and bring some people together and make some friends. He could be telling you that that person that he keeps putting on your mind, that person that keeps coming up every day needs to know that you're the one praying for them. That person could be on your mind because they deserve an invitation to come to church with you and learn how God loves them. He may instruct you to help someone who's in need and be generous with what you have. There will be a cost. It's dangerous because there is a cost, something that will be required of you when God speaks. But the more dangerous thing to do is to not pray this prayer. Because if you don't pray this prayer, you're gonna miss something. You're gonna miss out on something that God wants for you, something that he wants to change in you, the things that he wants to do through you. Some of us are here today and we think we've already heard from God. We've, we've gotten the message, we're, but we're considering the cost. We haven't taken a step yet. Take a step. It's what he wants. He may not have all the details, but if you're ready to act, take a step. You're not gonna get the whole map, maybe just a direction, but go that way. And some of you are here primed and ready today. You've heard from God and you're already moving, but you're hitting opposition and you're wondering, is it gonna stay this hard? Keep praying, God speak to me, and he will remind you to be determined to follow through, that he's with you, that there's nothing that you can't do without him. He'll remind you that your life is changing and that he wants to use you to change the lives of those around you. No matter where you are, it always comes back to asking God to speak into your life. Remember Samuel? Remember how he went back and forth that night as God spoke? Unsure of the voice? Let's read it again. The Lord came and stood there calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, your servant is listening. Just a kid prayed. God answered. Samuel went on to lead a nation, to wisely lead his people, to start a family. And his life is having impact on ours right now. His story is affecting ours because he sought the voice of God, the only voice that mattered. And then ready to act on that voice, he followed through. There are more stories to be told, stories that have your names on them that God is writing right now. And it can start today with this simple prayer, speak to me. Your servant is listening. We're gonna give you a few moments to pray that prayer. Speak to me during this last song to reflect. This song that we're gonna play can be your prayer. It's just a start. I wanna challenge you to make time every day to speak this prayer, to make space for God to speak to you throughout your day. And when we seek his voice every day, it becomes clearer and clearer. Look, when our church prayed, Lord, speak to us, it radically changed our church. When I prayed this prayer in my life, it radically transformed my life. And what God has to say to you can radically transform your life and the lives of people around you. And when an entire community of people who are ready to pray this prayer, listen and they're ready to act and determined to follow through, it could change everything. soak let these words soak that we can just be aware of God's presence 
as you ask him to speak to you. I am your servant and I am listening. Speak to me, Lord, speak to me. I need your wisdom, your truth and comfort. Speak to me, Lord, speak to me. Speak to me. That's our prayer this week. And like Pastor Brian Pope said, it's a prayer that has radically transformed his life. And it's also changed my life, and it continues to shape our church. Now, if we all pray this prayer, it could change everything. So let's do it, not just today, but every day. And let's really mean it. Let's not just say the words, but also be prepared to listen, ready to act, and determined to follow through. Because God is still the God who speaks, and you, yes, you, can ask him to speak to you. So thanks for being here today. Come back next week for another Dangerous Prayer. We'll see you then.